<sighs> Hello and welcome to Black Eye the Podcast, the podcast where I share my perspective on life through my eyes. Hi guys, welcome to episode number seven. This week I'm going to be talking about men's mental health. Hi everyone, welcome to episode six. Hope everyone's doing well. It's well and truly got cold now in the UK. Winter is firmly here. Or yeah, winter's here. It's um I'm looking outside the window, it's very foggy um today. Which I've as you can probably see if you're watching the visual or whenever I release the visual, um I've been recording all the episodes, I just haven't released them because I kind of I'm gonna chop them and use them to like post some snippets and reels on Instagram and TikTok when I get the time. And then eventually, I think down the line, when we kind of grow following, I'll release the visuals because the uplift for editing is just a, a lot with the size of the files and so on and so forth. I don't want to like overburden myself and trying to be realistic and not try and do too much because I also have a full time job and other creative um, interests and projects that I'm working on, um, such as a film. So, short film. But yeah, we'll get into that another day. Um, but yeah, uh, this week's been much better than the last few weeks. I d- definitely was more. Um, more intentional with my boundaries and kind of making sure I had a lot of time each evening to just do stuff I wanted to do like watch tv or relax or do some editing or content stuff and it's been nice to just log off at a certain time take a break and then if I had to log back on do that and I've seen a few friends which has been nice I've kept myself kind of busy and I definitely feel more relaxed not saying that um logging on on Monday is going to be any easier but it's definitely been nice to have the ability to just pause and just and just actually relax and refresh and this week and I really didn't do much I was in the house most of the time just um, just doing some cooking, cleaning, did my weekly shop yesterday, went in person because I forgot again to do my order online, but at least I've got food in the house, I've got, I'm working from home today, so I've got food available for me to kind of like make food and eat, so that's one less thing, last week I didn't have food in the house, so I was basically living off delivery or like rushing to like the local co-op, which I also just want to say, co-op for me is just like such a weird store because it's, they don't have anything you actually want and everything they do have is ridiculously overpriced and I don't understand why, um, sorry, excuse Doji in the background, he's hunting, um, burst through the window but yeah I just I I Cobb was just a store that I just I don't know anyone that actually likes going to Cobb but they seem to be rising uh, in their number in the UK and just so expensive I guess I know the whole kind of thing is fair trade and stuff which I get but they're just not the best stores in terms of like content and products that you actually want to buy um so I feel definitely more established this week in terms of having stuff set up and ready to go for me to just start the week right and I do I, I do really feel like as annoying as it is spending Sundays like doing admin and getting stuff ready, whenever I do spend, like I did a wash yesterday as well, whenever I do spend that time, just a few hours, and it only took me like an hour or two just to get stuff, like I did a bit of cleaning, um, took my recycling down, did my washing, like plates and stuff, uh, bought some food. Whenever I do spend the time to get myself set up in that way, you know, before a week starts, I always kind of start, I think with one less thing in the back of my mind, it's something that I know is pending to do, which is good. So um, I feel good today and I'm excited to kind of just hopefully have a good week. And of course, we're kind of, it's, it's now November the 14th, Monday, November the 14th. So we're moving into this tail end of the year. And I kind of find that that's always a nice period because people are kind of in the back of their mind, like Christmas is soon. So let's not go too crazy with work and people start chilling out. People start going away. People start going home. Um, and it's more festive. You kind of see your friends more often. There are more reasons to kind of go out and do things with people, which is always nice. And yeah I just I think it's kind of a nice time of year where people are consciously trying to wind down and reduce the amount of pressure there is so I, I'm I'm feeling like the final sprint you know the last six weeks till Christmas I think yeah Christmas is on a Sunday so I think there's six weeks from from yesterday to Christmas 
I think yeah, six weeks or five, but still. Anyway, so that's my that's my um little segue of of um introduction. But this this episode is going to be about men's mental health. November is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, and I thought you know it'd be very important for me to come here and speak about certain things, um, in relation to that on here because. Well, I'm a man and mental health is very important to me. I think it's going to be an interesting um, talking about it now from my perspective. In the last two years, I spent a lot of time online, a lot of time advocating for mental health and speaking about my mental health and mental health generally and ADHD and OCD. And so I, I'm at a different stage in my life t- to where I was maybe a few years ago when mental health kind of was, it, it took a different form for me. But I found that through speaking about it and just having conversations around it more openly has definitely helped me. And I think it's been useful for definitely, I think, bridging conversations with some of my friends and learning a lot about myself and the way mental health prevents presents itself in different communities and particularly in in the UK at least as well um so let me start with some stats that I was reading through this morning and then I'll kind of just go on and kind of talk about it more generally um so one of the first stats I saw that was um it's probably the most uh heartbreaking one is to do with you know um the numbers and the stats we have around men's mental health so um so 76% of all suicides are by men. Um, and suicide is also the biggest cause of death for men under 35. Um, and I guess that's just a, st- a stat that is it's pretty um, pretty huge, right? 76%, which is way o- over half, basically, uh, you know, um, three quarters of suicides are by men. And I think that stat in itself is someone to start kind of shows you how prevalent, I guess, not necessarily just how prevalent mental health is more specifically in men, but I think maybe the the fact that men are less likely to kind of seek help out, and the stat says here as well, men are way less likely than women to access um, psychological therapy than women. And I I think that kind of takes us to where we start with this general conversation is that I think men, men, men kind of have always had this be a man or kind of this need to come across as fully secure and established and stable and not ever wanting to come across as someone with an issue or a problem and I think that kind of that sets the base for a lot of issues we see in society with men today and that can kind of be shown in different ways as we get to like you know how those stages evolve and develop but I think it's really interesting because growing up as a kid um and now even being like a man now I think there is a such a a problem with men wanting to actually express that they're not okay and not wanting to actually accept that, acknowledge it, and then also express it to people. I think there's a lot of fear of not being a real man or not being strong or not being not being um you know self sufficient. And a lot of that I think probably comes from as we grew up as kids, what we saw as role models of men and what was presented in TV, you know, man, men didn't cry, right? And I remember, as, I'm not someone that cries a lot. I When I do cry, it's like something that happens um, very intensely for like a short period, maybe something's happened or I'm overwhelmed um, and I'll cry a lot and in that session and then that's kind of it. I'm done and I haven't cried for a while now. And not that I'm saying that that's the way to be, but I'm just, I'm not someone that actually gets overly overwhelmed with emotion and cries loads. Um, but I think it's one of those things where, I remember watching shows like the men were always you know as a kid like super big and burly and like you know superman and they were strong and muscular and they were confident and they kind of like went made their way through women and there was never really a kind of 
a side where you kind of see a man struggling with life or being happy you know men were always kind of like the alpha males drinking loads and partying with their fast cars and working and being successful and that kind of again probably is as a result of toxic masculinity and patriarchy where men were seen to be the breadwinners and the leaders and people that were in charge of society and you know the man of the house and that kind of thing and so there was that kind of need or desire or pressure for men to be this kind of all-encompassing thing that represented stability for the household and so with that came the 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 idea or the notion that men had to be strong and support everything and be the leaders and so as a leader you can't really be seen to show any signs of weakness and I think a lot of people grew up with that kind of visual or mentality or image or approach to manlyhood um in the in the forefront of their mind and then you kind of turn I think as well to like parents you know our generation as men is very different to my parents generation I think even more so then there was kind of more a stiff upper lip kind of um approach to things where men also did a lot of physical labor right it was you know physicality like like being a builder or working the mines all those kind of like heavy labor jobs where men were working in factories and so it was a very there's a, a physicality also tied to um the our idea of the perfect man and I think even the way parents like my parents generation would raise things that you know you didn't talk at least I don't think my dad and all my friends dads kind of said that you didn't really talk about how you were feeling it was kind of like you know you play sports with your dad or you did things in the house around your dad and that was kind of that was the way of bonding um and you know as I'm sure from the way they were raised you know there was no kind of discourse between them and their parents but if they were struggling or feeling down or, or crying from their parents that wouldn't be a thing you kind of had to just suck it up and you know people you know call you a sissy or wuss or whatever or even gay you know if you were overly emotional emotional overly effeminate overly like you know um a certain kind of way and I think when you contrast that to how women have been portrayed and um uh presented in, in mass media was that you kind of you know you have the women who have you know they're at home and they're the homemakers and they raise the family and they're emotional and they kind of are the ones that come and talk to the kids about how their day was at school or if something was wrong or help them with homework so there was that kind of more nurturing and emotional kind of angle towards things with with men as I remember seeing it and even you and you'd have women kind of I know like being upset about a breakup and crying or like loving a man and wanting the man to stay with them or like struggling with like postpartum depression after having a kid and so you kind of saw more dynamic emotional range with women and so I think it kind of in our society it's been it's been it's been orchestrated in a way that it's acceptable or normalized for women to be emotional to struggle or to say they're upset or they're down or they're not feeling happy and talk about those things and that kind of I think going from like um what we see we see in like media and the betrayal of men and women I think then moves into how I people operate in real life and you know I think women do a much better job of creating true deep meaningful communities and connections and having lifelines for each other and then partially maybe that comes from again like just being socialized in that way and being told that it's right to communicate and better to communicate communicate and you're supposed to be the emotional ones and men aren't supposed to be emotional you know like you know what, what are women like you know they're always crying and that kind of stuff and partially maybe that comes down to hormones and the biology of it as well but it was more normal I think to see a woman crying or women upset or girls getting upset at school or really getting emotional at things or even just I think in terms of communication right expressing their emotion better and saying when they're upset or when they were angry when they like someone and I think if I look at at school when you're growing up you know no one wants to be an outsider and I think everyone kind of there's the kind of this innate need to want to belong or fit or you kind of and you do as a kid follow the molds and so the big like laddie physical aggressive guys that would fight and that were kind of naughty and bad guys 
were the guys that were popular. And so it was, you know, you kind of wanted to fit in and be a cool guy and not be, you never wanted to stand out, be seen as different or seen, be seen as a guy that was, you know, one of the girls. And so I think that kind of created a space where loads of guys would be best friends and be in these groups and kind of, and this still like the effects of this, I see this now, my friends who are adults, but have these friendship groups where they spend a lot of time together and are super close and have been friends for X number of years, but don't actually ever address the things that really matter. And I think, you know, you know, I, I have friends that when I was growing up would have these group of friends. And again, it's not me being like, oh my God, I'm an empath, but had these group of friends um, that I wasn't a part of, but we become friends from either, I don't know, like being in a subject together or just like maybe meeting on the playground or whatever. And we kind of maintain those friendships over the years throughout school. And so I found that there were a lot of people that, within their own friendship groups wouldn't be able or comfortable expressing how they felt but would find someone outside of that group to say oh hey I'm really upset about this thing that happened with this girl that I'm into or this guy that I'm into whatever or you know I'm upset about oh something happening at home I'm just not feeling quite right about about life I'm feeling a bit down I'm struggling um and even you know even saying that now is me as someone that kind of is much more in tune with mental health and kind of like able to talk about it even at school I think I would share with very select people but even when I did say I wasn't very good at expressing how I felt I would just say I was feeling really sad and I was really down and then that would kind of be it and people would try and pry stuff out of me and I didn't really feel like I had the words or vocabulary to express how I felt but nor did I want to kind of be seen as, as being weak and so I think like growing up through that now I have have I see a lot of friends of mine because I, I kind of have and I've spoken about this before about not having like a, a group that I belong to I think I have a lot of friends that I kind of hang out with um individually and I have a lot of one-on-one kind of friendships which are nice you get to kind of catch up properly and have these conversations in depth but I had these friends that I would then speak to and now as an adult you know you see them out online on Facebook or not Facebook sorry, on Instagram or kind of you see them at like house parties or events and they seem like they're having a great time and you catch them on their own and it turns out they're going through the most horrific time but they just haven't been able to speak about that because maybe they didn't feel comfortable speaking about it or they're ashamed to speak about it. And that's another thing. I think shame is such a big thing that we deal with in society. Being ashamed to not be well or being ashamed to be different. There is a lot of shame that comes with it, I think. You know, like having to put your hand up and say, hey, I'm not I'm not doing well. Or hey, I have this condition that means I feel things in a certain way or that I have to repeat things. And I think, I remember when I was, as a kid growing up with OCD, for example, um, I, do, I think my parents knew because it kind of like you'd notice things and I had spoken about it but again it wasn't very clear what it was until I kind of got to uni and I remember being so scared and ashamed to actually tell my friends that I had OCD because it again coming back to TV and betrayal of things on TV um people with OCD were made to look like people that were just insane like you know like they didn't leave the house I remember watching documentaries about OCD like growing up and trying to figure out what was going on and it would be you'd only see and this is what tv does they display fringe cases but you only see people that lived in a house with millions of things hadn't showered in days didn't leave the house spent four hours doing certain things and of course some of those cases are true to what ocd can be but that isn't a generalization of what it is and that there was a lack of representation so if i came out and said i have this condition i thought people would assume that it meant that i was just someone that had to arrange my pens in a certain way in class and then was like at home like staring at a wall and of course some of those things do overlap and sometimes i am caught in like ocd kind of rituals where i'm doing certain things but um that wasn't really true representative of how i really f- felt my OCD was and so I was scared and ashamed to come out and say that and even at uni it was to the extent that I 
secretly went to the GP and I had to go twice because I met a woman initially that was really horrible and was like, you know, she said, and this is the thing as well, I think, I know I'm jumping around, but when people do come forward and have these conversations, how are they received? And so when I went when I went to um, see a GP at the student um, practice at uni and I said I was struggling and I felt some kind of way and the woman said, the doctor said, um, well, you know, it's I see a lot of kids from your uni coming here these days and saying they feel think, think they're depressed or going through whatever. Like, it's not a trend, you know, to have a mental health issue. It's not fashionable. Loads of you kids just want to get diagnosed with something because it seems cool. And obviously I was like, well, it's taken me three months to get the courage to come here. Now I'm here and I'm getting kind of slapped in the face. I just said, okay, cool, whatever. And I left. Um, and then things obviously didn't get better. And I went back again and saw someone else. I, I think I saw a male doctor. And he was way better and kind of was, you know, listened and understood and actually believed me and gave me a chance. But think how many people pluck up the courage to go and have a conversation with a, a friend or maybe a professional and they're not taken seriously and then they just go away and they go and deal with that for the rest of their life and that could ultimately lead to, you know, suicide or them not getting the help they need. And so I think we also do need to have, you know, really, really need to work on a society when men do come forward and speak about these things, like giving them space and supporting them and making them feel heard and seen. Um, but I was, I didn't want to talk about it. And I was, that's what I was saying. I was ashamed to kind of tell people. And eventually I started therapy for it and would secretly like run out of my flat to therapy every like, I think Thursday at 11. And people would be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, oh, to uni. And I go to say I was going to lectures. And I'd, you know, people would be like, oh, what, what lectures do you have? Because I had lectures with a lot of people. And they'd be like, oh, I'd be like, oh, I'll just, uh, I'm going to the library, or whatever. And I didn't want to talk about it until it got to a stage where I had to because people were like, what is going on with you? But I, you see, that's an example of how I was kind of, so desperate to not let anyone know what was going on even though there was obviously clearly some kind of issue and you know my therapist would say do you have people that you can talk to and I did have people I could talk to and I had like you know good friends but I kind of only entrusted one or two people and that was kind of it and it took me a while to kind of get to a space where I was happy to express to my housemates and to my friends and my family and kind of tell them what was going on um and so I think there is a lot of fear and shame around talking about it but then, you know, back to the point I was saying before is that when when I do speak to certain people and certain friends and I see them, you know, and ask them how they're doing. They've been going through these terrible, terrible times, struggling and, you know, as bad as like substance abuse and crying every night and like not leaving the house. And I'm like, who have you told? And they're like, oh, I just, you know, I, I didn't really tell anyone because no one really asked. And that kind of, I think, you know, reminds me of this camp. You know, you say, you see people, you say, hey, I, how, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. You're good. And you kind of, that's it. And, you know, even sometimes at work, hey, how are you? Good. Yeah, you? Yeah, good, thanks. And maybe I can tell that someone seems a bit off today or like I know I'm not feeling that great but I don't want to talk about it and I think a lot of people with their friends sometimes are guilty of just asking the question but not actually really asking the question and I'm sure you will have seen the campaign as like hey are you okay that has become you know a common part of the men's mental health awareness one that's just asking the question properly hey are you doing and I saw something that um I just shared my story actually that was really interesting where it's just a it's a screenshot of a whatsapp message and it just says hey man I'm struggling a bit at the moment do you fancy grabbing a coffee or beer soon would be good to talk and I think it really is as simple as a message as that and I think obviously this message is coming from the person struggling but I want to just take a point minute here to just say that I think for people that are struggling please send those kind of messages please do just take the time to reach out because sometimes I think people don't want to be seen as prying or getting into stuff or forcing people to talk about stuff they don't want to and I've had that with friends before where I'm like hey are you doing okay and they're like yeah yeah I'm fine and I know that person isn't because I've kind of seen them start to behave differently and I, I think when you've been friends with people for a long time you kind of know your friends and figure out when they're in what kind of space but you don't want to be the person that pushes it but sometimes I think it can feel like you have to have this big thing about oh my god I'm really depressed and I, I need help and I'm struggling but you can just say hey I, I'm going through a tough time I would love to talk 
And that kind of opens the door for the person that, you know, and obviously do it with people that you're close with and trust and respect to know that um, are going to take it in the right way. But then that gives you the chance to actually have those meaningful conversations where people can feel like, you know, you're asking for the help and they can give you the help that you need in the way that you need it. Um, But also, I think on the other side, it's about friends to ask that question. And it's good to catch up, I think, one-on-one with people or, you know, if your best friends is a certain person, to take the time to really ask that question and say, hey, like, how are you doing? And, you know, you said you were kind of, you broke up with your girlfriend a few months ago or recently, how's that going? Or like you're moving jobs or how stuff at home and just asking those questions that, and also listen. I think we ask questions, then we're kind of on our phone texting and then we get distracted by a conversation. But I think sometimes you'd be surprised when people actually are given space to just talk openly and freely, the more they kind of warm up and get into it, the more things come out. For example, there's a friend of mine, we, you know, we went for drinks with a few people and, we were sat on the table, just the three of us, and we would say, oh, how's work going? And he said, oh, yeah, fine, but it's kind of really annoying because my boss is X, Y, Z and whatever. And then we were like, oh, okay, well, what, what, what's what been happening? And then he started explaining what had been happening. And then we said, okay, and what, when did that happen? And we kind of got into this conversation where as we built into it, he opened up and expressed that actually he was really, really stressed because he felt like he didn't have a place at work and he didn't know what he was going to do and he was worried he was going to lose his job and that his manager wasn't really, you know, focused on helping him fit in. And we kind of actually spoke for an hour about how we've all been through similar situations and how you can turn that around. And he came away feeling, he said, much better because he actually felt like other people going through what he was going through and it wasn't just him. And now he's like, he says he feels much better about work. He's kind of working through things we kind of spoke about as a group. And that's what I think is, the other thing is that, you know, sometimes, and I used to think this, oh, I don't need to tell anyone because like no one can help me. No one understands what I'm going through and like it's no one's going to understand what it's like to be me. But I think as we get older and go through life and kind of we've all grown people go through so many different experiences that someone will be able to relate to what you're going through or share a perspective or just listen or tell their story that will make you feel better it's not always about can this person fix me it's good to share your burdens and open up and tell people what you're going through so that you might can feel that relief of talking about it and then maybe they give back to you and say what they're going through but you it helps remind you that you know no man is an island and other people are going through similar things as well just as as you are and I think it's it's sad when I see people in these friendship groups and they, I, to, I don't know how to say this without being overly harsh, but it's sad when there are these large friendship groups where people don't actually look out for each other. And sometimes I've seen it where people know someone's going through something because they've mentioned it and they continue to isolate the person and not invite them to things and don't support them, but then still want to be going on these holidays together. And I think sometimes it also takes a level of strength to really sit down and take stock and be like, who are my real friends and are these friends really there for me in the way I need them to be? And if the, those people that you thought were your core friends are not those people, then maybe it's time to change the label and start looking to understand where the people that really are going to be good friends to you and support you lie and how you can lean in on those people more. Because it's tough when you've been friends with people for a long time and you kind of realise that they actually don't really care about you in that way or they're not really as supportive as you thought you'd be. And that's painful in itself when you're going through something but I promise you that there will be people that will really be there for you in a way that you will be supported by and be honored by but I think it's just about taking the time to actually find those people um and ask those people to be there for you and I think it's 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 a two-way street but I think it's not it shouldn't be on the people that are um that are going through things to have to come up all the time and say say something's wrong I think if you know if you know that someone you care about seems to be struggling or is acting differently, then I think it is on you and it is on us as a society to to really listen to people and ask people and take people aside. And I think even if it's at work, you know, because I think, and this kind of ties into the episode I did about loneliness, you don't, no one knows what people are going through behind the scenes. You know, someone could be 
living at home, you know, with an with abusive um family members, right? They could be in, in a broken household. They could be, you know, dealing with substance abuse problems that they're managing outside of work and coming in to the office. They could be going through a breakup. They could be severely depressed. They could be contemplating suicide. And you don't know. And sometimes it just takes that one, you know, the straw that tr- broke the camel's back is just the one person asking that question. And I've had it where you're just keeping it together and going through the motions and making sure you're, you know, getting through the day and taking care of yourself and just not letting anyone know what's going on. And someone that you don't expect or someone that you, you didn't really think and saw you in that way just says to you hey like hey are you okay you seem a bit a bit um tired today or a bit sad like what's going on kind of thing and them asking that question just makes you lose control and everything comes out and you start crying and i had this at work you know a few days ago someone well a few months ago actually someone just said hey how you doing and i said yeah i'm good do you and she said yeah are you sure and i said yeah i'm fine she's like are you sure you're okay you just I, i'm just i'm asking because i'm just you know checking if you're okay you just don't seem like yourself and I was like, yeah, you know what, actually, I'm just, I'm really burnt out. I'm just, I'm so tired all the time. I'm so exhausted. I've got so much going on outside of work, so much going on in work. It's really busy and I've got stuff I'm dealing with and stuff I want to sort out. And I just moved house and I just, I'm so, and I just, it all just kind of splurged out. And we spoke for about an hour, we went for catch up and it was, I came away feeling better because I felt like I didn't have to pretend anymore. And sometimes it's nice, not only just to have the conversation, but also to relieve yourself of the need to kind of maintain this kind of, personality or like persona that people expect of you and I and and you know it's I think if you're a certain kind of person I saw um, a tweet a few months ago that was really sad about you know a guy that was kind of the joker and the banterer and the you know the comedian of the group and the guy had said you know I went for drink with uh I don't know his name but let's say x guy yesterday we went for a pint he was his usual self he was joking he was laughing he cracked me up we had such a good time um but he went home and then killed himself and that in itself is i think is such an important thing to like you know really focus on and understand is that you never know what someone's actually going through unless they tell you and so i think you can you know someone can be laughing and be happy and joyous and make jokes and entertain people and be like their normal self and still be going through the worst time and that's why we have to ask these questions and so i think mental health you know presents itself differently and in so many ways and i you know I, there's something else i saw today that i was going to read through that i thought was really interesting you know some people with mental illness can get can't get out of bed some people can some can keep a job some can't some can't eat some can some self-harm some don't some are suicidal some aren't some take medication some don't mental illness is different for everyone but still valid and i think that's a very important thing i think people imagine that when you say you're depressed or you know um suicidal that it means you never leave the house you're just like sat in bed teetering on the edge of killing yourself but no like people can be high high functioning um with different mental health conditions and so don't assume that because someone keeps coming to the pub with you guys and having a good time and laughing and joking that nothing is wrong or that if they're you know not you know in therapy all the time or they're not taking medication that nothing's wrong well if you're really that sad you wouldn't be going on holiday you wouldn't be posting memes on your story you wouldn't be replying to messages people can still live their life but still be unhappy or struggling inside and so i think you know back to the example of that guy who was at the pub with his friend that went home and killed himself he obviously was going through something he didn't suddenly become suicidal over the, the three, few hours when he went home but he had probably been in a place of just being so used to functioning presenting this kind of version of himself that you know was representative of what people expected of him or wanted of him that he was just doing it in second nature and i've been in this space where you're so used to being the happy-go-lucky jolly guy and people expect a certain thing from you when they you know timmy's coming it's going to be funny he's like going to be jolly and making jokes and being silly so when you before you go to an event you psych yourself up to get in the mindset to go and do that and go and be that person and be happy you get there you switch it on automatically and it's kind of like clockwork you're doing all these things but inside you're kind of like making these jokes and people are laughing you're smiling but inside you're not feeling it because it feels kind of flat and you feel great and you're not that happy but you you maintain that personality 
fighting, you keep joking, you keep laughing, you fulfill your quota and, you know, tick the box that you need to do as your member of that group and then you leave and you go home and you crash and you're overwhelmed and you're exhausted and you're tired but you've performed and a lot of it is performing and people are performing all the time and we just don't realise and we really need to give people a chance to drop that facade and answer the question, hey, are you okay? And really tell us how they're feeling. And so as I like, kind of think about, you know, things we can do as a, as a society to kind of better support men through mental health, there are a few things I think we need to try and normalise. And one of them I think is just an understanding of mental health issues and understanding that men can get anxiety or depressed or OCD or, you know, the spectrum of the whole things and how those things kind of present and understanding, I think, as people, you know, the telltale signs. And I think a few of them are just, you know, if someone is, you know, not not talking to you as much or you haven't heard from them in a while they seem kind of different or they're kind of like maybe going through you know sudden mood switches and kind of snapping more often or they're more emotional or get annoyed about things quicker than they used to or you know someone that <clears throat> you're used to kind of doing certain things when they start pulling out and saying they're not feeling up to it or making excuses that you just you know you're not sure that it's really them and just you know keep an eye out for that if it's someone that you know kind of starts to kind of fade away to the background and isn't really present and seems to be absent or seems to kind of be glazed over and gray sometimes those are signs you can look out for and I think it's important to maybe not at the time you know at the event say hey you okay you seem depressed but maybe later pulling back and being like hey you know just checking you're okay you know I wanted to just see how you're doing you know I, you seem a bit like not like yourself recently like let me know if I can help with anything um and sometimes it's good to those things in person just say hey do you want to go grab a drink and then you meet and you ask them that stuff in person um I think again it's also good to normalize men showing emotion I think I working in a corporate workspace you know it's interesting like you there are so many different types of personalities and you have people that are super emotional and passionate and screaming getting angry about business but that anger is an easy emotion I think to show for men because it kind of is still seen as like masculine and you know like really macho like being annoyed about something um but it's good to to encourage men to also show other emotions being sad or you know being frustrated or being you know um, feeling lonely or feeling embarrassed, you know, those things that maybe we don't typically allow men to show and just being upset or crying and not being like, bro, come on, bro, don't cry, what's wrong? Like actually letting people just express those emotions and not be embarrassed about it. And I think, you know, another thing I think is is speaking up, like men speaking up against things. And also I think we should encourage men to be allowed to, you know, raise their hands and say, you know, guys, I just want to say I'm not doing well. I wanted to put that out there. And I think, you know, that's easier said than done but I think the more other people do it the more people feel like they can do it and I've had friends that kind of I have to really like chase them and call them and keep checking on them and then eventually they say hey yeah fine I'm not going through it but I think what what a great place would be in if actually people felt safe enough saying it the first time you asked like, hey actually yeah you know what I'm really struggling I'm not doing well um and sometimes reading those words is like as a, as a friend that probably knows someone's going through something seeing that and hearing the person just confirm it is it's it's good because then you know that like okay they're being honest and you can have a real conversation um I think we should really normalize for everyone but of course this episode is about men men going to therapy I've been in and out of therapy for I've done therapy now for probably about three or so years not currently but like across my like across the last six years I've probably done about three years worth of therapy and it's not that you have to be on the edge of ending your life or like going through some kind of episode to go to therapy like sometimes it's good to just go and just talk through your life and understand things that because I learned a lot about myself through therapy like the way certain things happened to me as a child and more like my experiences and my outlook on life is shaped by the way you grow up and the friends you have and the things you go through and like you know my, my racial experiences as well shaped a lot of my um my current kind of state of mind and so sometimes it's good to just learn about yourself and learn how you can kind of notice telltale signs or patterns within yourself and how you can deal with those and how they present differently and how you can kind of adapt as you grow 
Um, it's good sometimes to work through if you're going through a break breakup or you you know have to grieve if you've lost someone in your family or you know if you're go also if you're going through mental health issues you know if you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever. Um, it's good to then go and talk about that and just have someone who's a qualified professional that has client patient privilege and cannot tell anyone about what you're going through so it's not going to get out to the group if you don't want anyone to know and fine sometimes you don't want people to know what you're going through and so this professional can help you through you know four six you know 12 sessions and just talk to you support you give you the tools you need to go and be able to cope better and then it's done it's not like a forever thing but i think there's a lot of shame and worry about going to therapy and actually saying you need help um and again, I think we just encourage people not being okay. Sometimes I think it's good to answer a question, honestly. And I've tried to start doing it when people say, hey, hey, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, not great, to be honest. And people sometimes are like, oh, because we're in such a place in society, you know, you have it. You know, you're walking down a corridor. Hey, you're right. Yeah, good, thanks. And you kind of just go past. But you're asking the question as kind of a discourse or like a kind of um, like a placeholder just to say something, to acknowledge that person. But you're not actually really asking the question. So sometimes when people I see that I know like relatively well ask me, like, how are you? And I say, yeah, not, not, not to be honest, I've been better. <laughs> and sometimes people get taken aback and I'm like, oh, um, and people are shocked. But it starts a conversation. Oh, what's wrong? And you kind of explain and vice versa. When I ask people, oh, how are you today? Yeah, I'm having a terrible day. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? But it's good that I think we should encourage people to not be okay and answer questions honestly and just say, yeah, you know, actually, I'm not doing co- too good. I'm actually having a, p- a pretty bad time and letting people express that and talk about it because then it kind of becomes more normal to be honest and have those conversations. And it doesn't have to be when you're getting to the end of the line, you're going through a really tough time that you then say, all this stuff's happened. I'm going through all these things and I feel terrible because that's part of it. Like hiding things and not wanting to talk about it and, you know, being ashamed of addressing it. And it builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up until at the end of the year, you're in a really tough place and it's hard to work out of that. Whereas if you're having more of these regular, honest and open conversations about how you're feeling throughout the year and throughout your days and when things, as and when things happen, that's another thing I think is really important is sometimes talking about things as they're happening and saying hey this thing like and i have friends now that i text and be like oh i'm feeling really like horrible today like oh, i just feel a bit like anxious about this and then you kind of work through it in the moment and you kind of learn that actually hey the more i talk about things as i'm going through them i can have support through my friends in the moments of crisis rather than having to spend weeks anxious about it on my own and then talk about it um and i think the other thing is i think we should really just normalize male physical contact you know like i remember as a kid growing up girls would be like holding hands you know walking around school and holding hands i have friends that would hold hands under the desks and in lessons in, in secondary school by the way and i remember guys being like that is so weird man like what the hell and girls were always hugging and sitting on each other's laps and i think i went to normal boys school so kind of it, it was a bit weird because we weren't around girls so guys would sometimes be a bit touchy-feely with, feely with each other but then it was also kind of seems a bit taboo to be like affectionate with your friends but i think we really need to encourage men to just be more affectionate and like now all my friends when I see them, we always hug each other high, we always hug each other by, we always say like, you know, like, I love you, man, like, good to see you. And I think that kind of discourse is like, it's just nice when you've been friends with someone, you do love that friend, it's just as when they're leaving, like, love you, man, like, see you later. And they're like, oh, I love you too, bro. Like, and it's nice to, it, there's nothing weird or embarrassing or shameful about saying it. And, you know, some of my best friends, like, will hug each other. And like, even like when I go to like dinner parties, you know, and with, um, a group of people like we'll all hug and kiss, kiss each other on the cheek and say hey how are you and say one goodbye it's like lovely to see you lovely lots like see you soon and it just i think even that in itself that that discourse and just saying i love you reminding people like as you're seeing your friends throughout the week and whatever you're going through hearing that and being reminded that hey i am loved and people do care about me um is really important and i think people should men should be encouraged to hug more like imagine my parents generation if they like are allowed to hug and actually show affection sometimes when you're feeling sad you just want to hug your friend and i think even encouraging men to cry i've had friends who i've gone to see them and we start talking and they like 
about to start crying i'm like hey you're gonna cry and they're like yeah i'm sorry and they try and hold it and i'm like just cry and then i'll hug them we hold it out and like i hug them out we you know we work through it they let it out they cry and they like i feel so much better and it's like i've been in those scenarios where sometimes you just need to cry out you're just being terrible and you end up just crying and it's like there's nothing shameful in being a man and crying or being a man and crying in front of other people you don't have to go through it on your own and sometimes it's like it intrigues me when it's i ask a few similar questions and the person gets the brink of crying i'm like wow how have you been kind of going through you know this whole week like feeling this overwhelmed emotionally and just keeping it all bottled in when i literally asked you two three questions and you cried like it's good it's okay to just say i need to cry and let it out and so i think that kind of touch sometimes i think when people are going through something like holding someone and making them feel embraced and warm and careful can actually like make them feel at ease and sometimes bring some emotions they've been depressing to the surface they feel comfortable and safe and i think it's good to just hug your mates and just to be affectionate and to say i love you and i think again this comes back to the whole kind of homophobic toxic masculinity where you know if you're like you're seen you know sitting near a guy on a sofa or like hugging your mate or like like spooning your mate and watching tv or like snuggling when you're at someone's house or like being affectionate in any kind of way or like you know anything that isn't super hyper masculine has been seen as been kind of you're gay and that kind of whole kind of negative um landscape around that has kind of bred this thing where men do seek affection do want to be you know touched and held and feel loved throughout the scope of life with their friends and family and whatever but it's not seen as super fine to just be like oh yeah like you know, i would love to hug my friend or just i want to want that or to say you want that and so it's reserved for just when you eventually end up dating someone but some people that you know if you're not dating anyone you can go for months weeks and i read this you know on reddit a guy posted saying you know um i'm just really lonely guys and someone said i think he said i haven't had any physical um, interaction or affection in four years i haven't been touched by anyone and they were like what do you mean so like, well you know i live on my own i work i don't have any friends and they're like what do you mean you haven't got any friends he said, i don't have any friends you know i i moved city and i didn't keep friends from school i've never been really popular no one at work hangs out with me and so like i've not actually been my parents live in another state so i've not really had any physical interaction you know no one's held me or hugged me and i just feel so lonely and it's like that's so sad to not have been embraced by anyone for so long and that in itself is where you know humans were social animals like it's innate in us to be around you know we're pack animals to be around people and to kind of relate in that way and so i think that is something else that we should encourage is allowing each other allowing men to be affectionate towards each other and showing displays of love and affection for your friends and family and people you care about um and of course these things are not solutions to getting treatment and i think you know obviously another thing i want to say is if you are struggling with mental health um please do go and seek professional help you know there's only so much your friends can do to help and support you when they want to but it's important to kind of you know try and get professional help and seek advice and if that's going to your doctor and just saying you know you can book a gp and the way to do it i think just people know if you need to seek help is um but go to your gp and book an appointment um the nurses can be a bit funny and asking why just say you need to speak to them about your mental health whatever you're going through um and then you know just speak to gp and just be honest express how you're feeling and say you know if you're struggling with anxiety and like again maybe look up the symptoms and know what those are like so you can kind of go in and say i know what they are and i have them because i think a lot of people aren't aware of what anxiety is really like and that's kind of that constant feeling of dread and nervousness and kind of your heart racing and sweaty hands and being on edge and i've had a lot of friends who have talked to me about their symptoms and i'm like you've got anxiety and they're like oh no i just like i just always feel a bit on edge i'm always overthinking things i'm like that's you've got anxiety but people don't always know what the symptoms are um and then being able to recognize that and go and see gp and then they can refer you to a therapist you know a specialist psychologist psychiatrist or they can refer you to someone that can help prescribe medication um but i think it's important to you know when you are struggling it's always good to get professional help as well from people that can help you um 
through the things who are qualified and understand, you know, what you're going through and can help you learn how to get out of the place you're in and not kind of suffer on your own. Also, there are some helplines you can call, um, Samaritans uh, 116123, if you need someone to talk to. Um, so please um, do that if you really need to call someone and have someone to speak to because those people are also qualified and trained. There's also some suicide numbers you can call if you're struggling and you need someone to, to talk to. Um, the suicide... SOS Silence of Suicide Line, sorry, the SOS Silence of Suicide Line is 0300 This is for the UK. Um, if you are in another country and you're listening to this, thank you, but also you can Google it and it should come up with a number. But yeah, I think it's a great month. I hope this episode has been useful and helps people understand that, you know, as a man, you don't have to go through it on your own. There's nothing shameful about having, you know, mental health issues. Please, friends, family, ask your male... Um, counterparts how they're doing check on them really ask them and really listen when when you ask them and if you you know think they're not being honest be persistent don't give up i know it can be hard i've found it hard sometimes when you have friends going through things but don't give up on people ask them and also i think men if you are going through something you feel like this is you and you're struggling with this please speak to your friends your family anyone there are other hotlines if you really want to message me like message me on black eye the pod and like i will listen just please don't please speak to someone don't you know think you have to go through it all on your own there's no shame embarrassment embarrassment in it at all um there's no shame or embarrassment in it at all there's nothing wrong with needing help or having to ask for help and i think people love you and you have a reason to live you have a reason to be loved and i think you know it, things do work out it can be hard to see it when you're in the situation but as someone who's gone through kind of different dark parts of my life you'll be surprised when you notice that you're on the other side and you didn't even realize you got there you kind of just gradually worked and one day you're just like oh my god look at how well i'm doing and like looking back at where you are you kind of feel like a different person but you have to give yourself a chance to get to that place and work to that place so please do um don't give up on yourself and just keep being honest and communicate and share and talk about how you're fe- feeling And i think we're kind of getting better as a society people are kind of more willing and open to have that discourse than ever now so please do you know make sure you give people the chance to help you and also there's loads of stuff online there's podcasts um, my old podcast restless minds is still live on the air so it talks about OCD and adhd if that's helpful for you and mental health generally listen to that there are youtube videos there are things you can read there are books you can read that can also help you kind of understand what you're going through so please use the resources we have around there's loads of stuff on amazon um but please bottom line men take care of yourself love yourself love your friends friends love your friends and you know it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to ask for help so just raise your hand talk to your friends and someone will be there for you to help and listen but that's it for today's episode. Um, I've enjoyed talking about this. I think it's been really, it's really important. So I'm glad I get to talk about it and have a space to share it. Thank you so much for everyone that's listened to today and any other episodes. And please be sure to um, hit follow wherever you can. And I will see you guys on next week's episode. Goodbye. Have a good week and take care of yourselves.